Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. On today's show, we cover City versus Liverpool, the big, big game with some big, big outcomes. We've also got Leicester and Chelsea. Are they title contenders? West Ham, what's going on with them? And we've got a review of some Brits abroad. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Pod of Two Halves. We are here. We are queer. We do not want any more bears. I am, of course, your host, Michael Cardin-Edwards. I'm here with Lee Collard. How are you doing? I can't believe we've gone for an intro like that. Uh, yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Good. What's the intro from? Can you guess? The Simpsons. It is from The Simpsons, yes. Uh, shout out to uh, Three Finger Discount, another podcast that covers The Simpsons that is very, very good. <laughs> I'm also here with Woods. How was your weekend, man? Are you good? Absolutely. I can't believe that you've started an intro and you haven't touched on the biggest story from this weekend. Well, I'm leaving it to you, man, because I know what it is. You know what it is. Lee knows what it is. The fans at home knows what it is. They, they know. They know. Uh, well, week 12, the Premier League season. 12 weeks. 12 weeks of glorious footballing action into the season. And finally, finally, the curse has been lifted. We all have tasted that sweet, sweet victory. <laughs> It's finally happened. I mean, we've Everton done it with an away win as well. I know, Everton, right? You're not, Shock. No away win this season until this That's weekend. Right. Yeah, mm. and yeah, good for it as well. It was a Southampton team that yeah. were incredibly poor. They are, they are terrible, aren't they? Um, I think that's the first time I've watched them properly this season. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's looking bad for them down on the south coast, I'm telling they you. They ain't got much. They, they ain't got, got anything in the fence, they haven't got anything in the middle, and they ain't got anything up front. It's just all a bit bland, it's all a bit bleh. It's what happens when you allow all your best playing staff to leave and you try and basically shoestring a squad together without any real direction, um, and this is where you are. Southampton are genuinely looking at like relegation fodder, especially now Auntie Bruce has got Newcastle playing like... Uh, what? <laughs> Dream Team Barcelona. <laughs> Flying football. Say, like. 
But yeah. Well, oh, Auntie Bruce isn't the big story of the weekend as much as we all love Auntie Bruce. There is, there was, of course, essentially the big game. We all know what the big game is. The game that I missed half of it. The game that... A little bit more. We pay you no money for, and you didn't see it. Well, yeah, and obviously Sky are absolutely gutted by this because the amount of advertising that went into this game, which was ridiculous. Obviously, this was a ridiculously hyped-up game, and, uh, yeah, I decided to miss half of the game because I went to the museum. But What museum did you go to? I went to the Natural History Museum. Ah! Did you see all of uh, Liverpool's uh, titles there? <laughs> hey! That's good, that's we, good. We, I did see some dinosaurs. I we can't did. make that joke when they're about to win. Mate, game. we can. We only have six more months of it. All right? <laughs> make the most of these moments. Dude, I have been steadfast in my opinion that they, you know, the last couple of years when we've all been a bit worried, I have been emphatic in my belief that they will not be winning the league. And so far I've been proven correct. However, this is the season that I am going to concede. Uh, I'm going to lay on my sword and concede the fact that Liverpool are probably going to win the league this year. But, and this is a big but, I will utilise a caveat of the, of, of the likes that Jose Mourinho did, where he said that they, should, they could win it if they don't get anything crazy happen, like a big injury or what have you. So, you know, I think that's kind of, you know, obviously we shouldn't wish injury upon players, mm. but this is kind of what we're hoping for now. <laughs> Um, this is where we are, Michael. Mate, when, when do they that, play Tottenham next? <laughs> mate, that December running they've got, mate, is horrific. Um, they've got, I think there was it. They've got four games in seven days at one stage, mate. There's gonna, there's gonna be an injury happen, surely. That ankle of Salah is already starting to cause them a headache, mate. And we saw what they look like without Mo Salah. They look fucking dreadful when they have to rely on Origi to actually play for some football. So, although it's a nine-point gap. Uh, and that is a sizable lead for a, a team which do also look like the best team in the country at the moment. Uh, it, I, I want to say stranger things have happened. Um, I'm not really convinced that they have, but um, they, they could still bottle it. They bottled it last year, remember? <laughs> I th- I, well, look, um, mate, a bottle job that included a European Cup. You know, they're, they're right. They're, I mean, that, that wave is continuing to rise, and they're right, and they're riding it very well. What yeah. did you say uh, on the weekend? Lee, you said the Liverpool fans have impressed you. Yeah, because um, impressed is probably. I mean, because I'm looking at Wizard's face here. here. Impressed is probably a, a strong word. Um, they they don't seem to be getting carried away. They they seem to be a lot more reserved. Now I feel like they've learnt their lesson. They've learnt from previous mistakes. I mean, their previous obviously, mistake our, was our not last year. It was, it was it was obviously the Rogers season where genuinely they were had anointed themselves. Um, it will happen. This mate. is a different team, mate. This oh, is a different is. team, though. It is. They are different manager. Just. Everything about the club feels like it's moving. Ruthlessly right efficient football club. That's how mm. I would describe them because on Saturday, or Sunday, sorry, I wouldn't have suggested that they play particularly well to win the game 3 1. If anything, uh, City were probably the better team on the day, but obviously certain moments went against them. And I guess that's probably the best place to start is the VAR controversy with the, the opener. Um, First things first, um, pretty sweet hit from a defensive midfielder from that sort of position. So fair play on the strike. Um, but should it have stood? No. Um, and it wasn't because it should have been a penalty at the other end because it shouldn't have been a penalty either. The way I interpret these rules goes as thus. Um, the ball clearly hits 
a arm that is away from the body of Trent Alexander-Arnold, which is making its way to the back post where Raheem Sterling is. Um, who knows? Does he score it? Don't know. He's obviously got a pretty poor record going back to Anfield. Irrelevant. That's a penalty, right? It's a clear handball penalty. Now, the reason I say it wasn't a penalty is because ultimately at that point you go back to the what led to the penalty, which is the handball from Bernardo Silva now, admittedly completely accidental, doesn't matter with the new rules, as we all know. If an attacking player handles the ball during play, it's a free kick. So ultimately, the goal should have been disallowed and walked all the way back to the Liverpool 18-yard box for a free kick. Now, Did even, they not argue that they played an advantage and they had the advantage? Well, I, I've heard this, but no, because ultimately the second that there's a handball from uh, Trent, Alexander-Arnold, then that kind of advantage is gone, right? You understand what I mean? And even if you take it away from that, fine. Okay, say there's some advantage played. It doesn't even make sense that way. But Trent Alexander-Arnold has handled the ball in the build-up to the attacking goal because it was only 20 seconds further up the field that this happened. So ultimately, the play started from that handball. Whatever way you want to look at it, it should have been a free kick up the other end. It's as simple as that. Um, Now, I've I've had my feelings about VAR and the fact that the referees are um, deliberately uh, sandbagging the fuck out of it this season. Uh, They're deliberately trying to destroy everyone's faith in it. But I also thought that they looked at the situation and went, we are not disallowing that goal and walking that ball all the way to the other end um, because it will just basically kick off. Uh, It was a a poor decision. Simple as that. Isn't the point of technology meant to make it completely impartial? It is fact. It is, these are the laws and we are adhering to them. And and also because of the magnitude of the game, this is the sort of time when you wanted VAR to make the decisions right. So then, you know... There is no it question. It didn't decide titles, so to speak. No, I completely agree. I mean, I don't know what your opinion is. My opinion, as I said, free kick to Liverpool at the other end of the field. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you go by the absolute letter of the law, that's what it should have been. Um, I agree with you. I think um, in terms of the... Uh, you're right. The Bernardo Silva one isn't a handball, um, but the Trent Alexander one is. And Graham Sinus was on, uh, on uh, Sky on Sunday arguing for quite a long time that that was a natural position for his hand to be in because that's when he stops. As he was stopping his run. As he was stopping his run, you bring your hand out like that. And turn your palm as well, apparently. To, to the ball. Um, obviously, that's complete nonsense. Um, but yeah, it was a strange... To be honest with you, I'll give you... My, my exact thoughts are that I am terribly, terribly bored by all of this. I, it's, I don't care. I really, really don't care. And there is one reason for that, is that we, we, you know, the biggest game of the season happened, or you know, certainly so far, the biggest game of the season happened so far. Liverpool beat Manchester City, and the only time it looked like Man City were really in the game were in the first kind of five, ten minutes, and then the last 15, 20, when basically Liverpool said, that we're good now, basically. And I think it is an, a testament to Liverpool... Two shots, two goals, or basically two attacks, two goals, you know, counter-punching. Very, very efficient. Whilst the first goal for them was fortuitous, the other two goals they scored were both of the highest quality. Um, And I don't think we can take that away. The ball from Henderson was fucking unbelievable. Um, And likewise, the the header from Salah was was unbelievable as well. And the ball to him was unbelievable. It was um, real, real, real quality. But on another day, 
Man City could have scored eight. You know, that, yeah. that, we, Aguero we, we, was very, very wasteful in front of goal. We've been saying now for like literally over a, a season now since we've been doing the pod that Liverpool were winning these games without really playing that well. And they've, been, they've made, they've made a, a habit of doing it and it's a winning habit. And, you know, ultimately they're, they're playing football that is clinical, it's efficient and it, and it works. It's growing up football. That's what it is. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's growing up football. It's championship title winning football. And... Because this is the thing, it's not like they're completely scabbing it. It's not like they're back to the wall for 90 minutes and they get a fluky, you know, set piece. They, 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 they cut through Man City on several occasions, defended pretty well. Can't begrudge it. I really can't begrudge it. And all that we're talking about is fucking VAR again. And mm. it's just, I'm, I'm through with it. I'm absolutely through with it. Uh, it's, this has been... Can you answer the question, though? It, what did it change the game? It did change you, the you game. Still feel, or, or should I ask it in another way? Do Liverpool still win that game? What was the quote after the game? Um, I can't remember who said it. They said the first goal was going to yeah. decide the game. And um, was it Robertson or Alexander-Arnold? Yeah, it was one a full of those two, yeah. Um, and, you know, company kept bringing that up after the game. You know, that was... The thing is, it did change the game because everyone who knows football knows that Anfield is a place where the crowd play an unbelievable part. Even in the doldrums of the late 90s where Liverpool were fucking abysmal for large parts of it. Um, you know, United going there was always a horrendous time because the crowd, you wouldn't get space, you wouldn't take time to breathe. Neville says it every time, you know, he speaks about a Monday Night Football. It's true. And the last thing you need to do is give that crowd something to cheer about. You know? Yeah. Especially when... They got their backs when, up early as well, especially such an emphatic strike as well. Could you imagine the air getting sucked out of the stadium when that goal gets disallowed? Exactly. And this is, we've talked about this in terms of VR before when we, when we say the momentum swings it, it creates, almost the false momentum swings it creates, is um, it's game-changing. And for my money, I mean, how many games we into the season now? 12? Yes, 12 games. I'm yeah. done. I'm done with it. I am absolutely done with it. In its current format, it doesn't work. There was, there was more egregious uh, decisions this weekend. Um, the disallowed goal at, at the Tottenham... Uh, game for Sheffield United was fucking ridiculous uh, that you can't make these decisions the offs- the way they implement it for offside is very frustrating because the technology simply cannot is not capable of making those sort of millimetre decisions it's, it's ridiculous they need to I mean I, I heard that some of the, the the person that's responsible for the VAR's implica- um, implementation say he ranked it 7 out of 10 and it's like uh, that's not where it needs to be um, and also, it's definitely not seven out of ten. Um, it's been shouldn't it be ten out of ten? Exactly, it needs to be ten out of ten because ultimately, it's the technology to get every decision right. Um, it's causing more controversy than we've had any official controversy, right? So, for example, like the thing is with um, that handball. Had it just been a referee mistake, I think it'd be there and gone, right? Yeah, I, I would suggest, though, you talk about it for a little bit. But this is, I think because VAR is such a wider issue, that anything that happens, it just, it just kind of, you're stoking the fire. Yeah. Is what you kind of what well, you're you doing. saw, ultimately, Pep Guardiola was just fully, he, his head gone. He, his head was gone because of VAR this weekend. And I just wonder if he has a different mindset. Because I, I think that his off-field antics kind of influence also City's antics. Because I thought that they... I didn't think they were particularly good. And I think that the way that he was just going off um, maybe obviously led into uh, kind of certain players' uh, behaviour towards the end of the game as well, where they obviously got 
a little bit energised, should we say, by it all. I mean, Pep looked ridiculous. He's, he's fully memed himself with this screaming up into the sky, shouting twice. Um, <laughs> first, first is first. <laughs> that second one was never a penalty. Never a penalty. Um, so it was ridiculous. But Pep obviously wouldn't be losing his mind about VAR, calling for VAR, if it just wasn't there. No. That's as simple as that. Um, or if it's implemented in a different way in terms of at least letting the referee look at the, well, it's the referee. You know, yeah, exactly. decision he's already made. Exactly. You know? That's the obvious way that VAR can progress. Exactly. And I completely agree. I, I think that at this point, I think by all accounts, a lot of Premier League clubs are now putting pressure on the Premier League and the FA to be like, go use it. At least go look at this because right now it just doesn't work. You're just standing there, hand in your ear for three minutes and then basically not doing anything, like not changing a decision or anything like that. It's just, it, it's ridiculous what's going maybe, on. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're ignorant. Maybe we've been fools in terms of thinking that, you know, we were going to come in with no teeth and problems at all. Unfortunately, maybe we'll look back in a few years' time and we'll laugh at this. But unfortunately, we are having to go through those teeth and problems. Boys, it could have been maybe avoided. We discussed it last week. but Boys, at the end of the day, right, what have we known in football since we've been following football? All we've known is bad management at the FA, corruption from FIFA, just a parade after parade of just scandals and lies and shit. Why would we ever think that it would be different? Yeah, it's, good. it's a very good point. You know, I mean, what, what, what evidence have we, have we seen that things run smoothly when it comes to football, certainly in this country, let alone the world? You know what I mean? Like, come on, it's, it's naivety, isn't it? Speaking of naivety, um, the goalkeeper, obviously... This is one another factor in this game is that Liverpool, you know, Liverpool, we've talked a lot about how important Van Dijk and Alisson are. Obviously, Alisson's back now. Um, Man City missing Edison and Laporte. Um, Gary Neville described their defence as a mid-table team, a mid-table defence. He's right. They're left back. He ain't up to it. I think he made zero tackles in the game. Not, is this Angelino? Yeah, simply not good enough. Uh, Pep suggested that Mendy wasn't fit enough to play two games in a week. And I'm thinking, then why the fuck have you played him in the other game? Because or, 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 or why the fuck have you spent £60 million on a backup left-back? He can play in that position. We're talking about Cantelo. Can he play there? I mean, ultimately, yeah, that would have been the better option because um, he was garbage. Um the, the loss of Laporte is hurting them big time, not just because he's their best centre-half by a distance. It's hurting as well because they're having to play their best defensive midfielder at centre-half. And I kind of feel that they've now lost that um, experience uh, and that kind of gamesmanship in the midfield from Fernandinho by playing him at the back. The- That's something that Mike brought up, actually. Sorry, it's just you brought up Gundogan, didn't you? And Gundogan over Fernandinho, is, is not, it's not no, the same, it's not the it? same. It, it, I, I thought, you know what, in, in general, their midfield was poor. Because I thought Kevin De Bruyne, and that's as bad a performance I've seen him. He was mm. anonymous um, when you needed him to kind of really grab the game by the scruff of the neck, and he just wasn't there. Now that probably says a lot about the fact that City just couldn't really get their natural game going. Uh, bravo! So, well, from what I'd seen, um, De Bruyne wasn't playing in his correct position. Is that right? He was playing out on the right, wasn't he? Yeah, and then obviously that just—he was just non-existent in the game. Um, and what I will say his overall play was poor I'm yeah. a big advocate of De Bruyne but yeah. his control let him down I think it was in the first 15 minutes ball came over to him on the right hand side and it went under just his foot under for foot. a throw in yeah. just, just wasn't of the he races dis- no and he, you know what I, and this is gonna sound many ridiculous. set pieces first man as well yeah too many too many for a player of his quality I thought coming out the tunnel he looked a bit sheepish 
I know that sounds ridiculous and kind of like, oh, I'm, all of a sudden I can read body language, but he, he didn't look confident is the one thing I would take away from that. But, but getting back to the goalkeeper, um, Neville was scathing. Um, I think it was Neville scathing on, on the fact for the first goal. And he has a point because he's got a clean look the whole way. But it is a pretty good strike. It's a sweet hit from uh, Fabino from there. I, I don't agree so much. I, I feel like, as you said, it's a sweet strike. It's, it's powerful. Yeah. It's straight. I, I think we can give him a little bit of leeway. I feel like you know maybe Neville's going out of his way just to scapegoat him. I think you can give him leeway with it for sure. Um, the thing that I'm not disappointed that it went in, because as you said, it's a really good strike. What I'm disappointed in is that he's nowhere fucking near it. No. Like, he might as well have been in the other goal. It, it literally... It was, it was ridiculous how far away he was from this ball. I mean, let's, and that just shows to me that his anticipation yeah. is just it's nowhere. Not, not good. I, 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 let's not kid it. Edison at least gets in the ballpark of saving that. Right? You know, you're talking he about... Might get a hand on it. Yeah. Might tip onto a post or something. You know, do you know what I mean? Something. The, the second goal, I didn't think there was much he could do about that. Ultimately, it was an outrageous uh, cross from Robertson, was it? Yeah. Fantastic ball. Um, really well-timed run. Uh, from Mo Salah, right? there, there just was. It's almost undefendable. Mm. That 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 goal. The third one, um, he seemed to get himself in complete no man's land. But again, the ball from from Henderson was of such good quality that it just took the goalkeeper out. But once you get a hand to it, you should have kept it out. I don't necessarily feel that Edison not being there was the definitive reason why they didn't win the game or they'd lost the game. Even um, I just don't. I think on general they just weren't at it they weren't right and maybe that is because they had Bravo in goal and that psychological impact of not having their number one on the field um, impacted them mentally going into the game that feeling of you know Bravo's terrible it shouldn't be forgotten that only uh, midweek when Edison got hurt that he came in goal and came out and got sent himself sent off within you know uh, what 45 minutes He's a, he's a calamity, and he always has been. So if you're a defender or a midfield player in front of that, you've just got that feeling of inevitability that he's going to fuck up. Uh, and maybe that will influence their performances as well. So I have a question for the pair of you then. Who is going to win the league? It's going to be Liverpool. It will be Liverpool. Yeah? I mean, I do... It's just get November, let's get I November do. and December out of the way, and then I think we'll be in a definite better position. If they can get through that, that then they're, they're, the momentum that will be creating will be ridiculous. Imagine if they come away of that, wherever it is, the World Club Trophy. The, the thing is, prestigious, is that they're, cup. they're nine points clear of City, right? So that's now three wins. Uh, that well, Three defeats, City wins. We're now at this point where we're relying on Man City to get basically clean the table from here on out. And they're just not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. Um, it's, it's very much in their hands. I think Jose is right, really. If you're... A, if you're a top-level football team, you know one of the best teams in the country, and you have a nine-point lead at this point in the season, uh, especially when your closest uh, opponents are really ailing from missing key players, uh, you should really be walking it. Jose, Jose was—he's he, won all his league titles, I believe, at Chelsea from a front-running position. That's what he did at Chelsea. Um, and well, it's a nice position uh, to be in, right? Absolutely. I, I think crucially as well, they've only dropped 13 points in the last 39 Premier League That's, games. That's a season. Yeah. So, as you said, was it was going to take the teams underneath to literally have perfect seasons. Yeah. Well, speak, it's not well, going to happen. Speaking of the teams underneath, then we're saying Liverpool, but are there anyone? Is there anyone else? Because there's obviously two other teams besides Man City, which are impressing so far this season, and that potentially, with an extreme rub of the green, 
and some you know fortress results could potentially get involved. Um, Mr. 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 Collard, I want to ask you about Leicester City. Yeah, um, well, I've enjoyed how the fact that this uh, weekend we've gone from a two-horse race to now a four-horse race. Yes. Just on the fact that City <laughs> has simply lost a game and there's two teams above them. Um, I, I, for what it's worth, I don't think those two teams above them win, win the league. I don't think they're going to compete. Um, we said this before with Leicester, obviously, a few seasons ago, and that miracle did happen. Um, for what it's worth, you know, I think Gary Lineker tweeted it. Uh, this is definitely a better Leicester team than that, that title-winning team. Arguably, um, yeah. You know, they're... they're, they're They've got strength across their 11. What I worry about is obviously after that 11. I think we discussed it before, haven't we? You know, if, if Fardy goes, who, who's coming in to score the goals? You know, Johnny Evans is in top form at the moment and probably crucially their biggest player is in Didi. Yeah. There's, no, there's not a better player in the Premier League, let alone within Leicester City. So uh, they're, they're playing some really good what football. What is about the, you know, a bell, like the, the Kante klaxon? <laughs> yeah, I mean, ultimately Kante is a better player than Ndidi. But Kante almost doesn't play that position anymore. No, he doesn't. Though. No, he doesn't. And that's I mean, why I don't kind of compare him to it. And it's a fair point when you say about Leicester's first 11, because we obviously did a piece about Jenga pieces. And I feel like Leicester's team is literally full of Jenga pieces that any one of them goes and they are in fucking trouble. Uh, you go, isn't, isn't Brendan Rodgers a system manager? He has a system. But he's also got he's put the players in position to play his system and like the fall off from from Vardy who's on fire uh, since since Rogers has even turned up to go into Ian Acho who's just not shown it at all at Leicester. Um, I don't even know who would be coming in for for James Madison. Indeed, he like I say you lose Indeedy and it, the whole thing is fucked uh, because then you kind of take away the freedom that Tielemann and, and Madison get to play with. Uh, Johnny Evans is a fair shout as well because I don't know like the drop off to surely they won't be going back to Wes Morgan would they? <laughs> That's who was in my head. Bloody hell! And, and then you have got the fullbacks as well. The, the right back and the left back are two of the best fullbacks in in the, the in the league. They're probably one of the uh, arguably the third best tandem. Arguably, um, you know, we, they're all really really important players. And it would only take a, an injury to one of them, and you feel that that will really disrupt them. But this is the this is the thing, you know, when when you've got a team like Leicester, who yes, they won the league a few years ago, but let's be clear about it, they are a before Rodgers took over, they're a top half team. Top half, you know, that's what they're aiming for realistically. You know, and that was um, that I don't think as well think... from where from where they work. Let's not forget they were a lower half football team uh, until absolutely. they won the and league, what... and they built from there to get to being a top half team. Now they've gone Rodgers, and they're now definitely a top six. They're going to finish top four. But what the, but what they need, and this is this is the challenge for them. This is this is the biggest problem that teams have is that okay, once you get in a position where let's say they you know get Europe next year and playing more games and they're going to think well we need to start buying some players that can be understudies that can come in for a Madison who can come in for a Vardy that's where that's 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 the crucial part of the game that's the that's the crucial part of it because at the moment they are a team that they have a really good first 11 but not much underneath that because they're not a top team it's like Tottenham Tottenham have struggled for the entirety of Pochettino's tenure to get a backup to Harry Kane because it's impossible to convince a player to come and sit on the bench mm. and maybe play the odd game without paying serious money. And I, I don't know. I feel I got a feeling that Leicester are a little bit more free with their purse strings than t- what Tottenham are. But Leicester's big problem, like you say, I mean, ultimately it's not just bringing those players in; it's holding on to the ones that you got. The vultures are circling. They, they are stacked with players that top level teams across Europe will be looking at and thinking, "I'd like that." Uh, what I got an interesting point though on Leicester though. Um, Obviously, they're second in the league right now, I believe. Um, 
Now, their goal difference at the moment is 29. Uh, they, well, sorry, not goal difference. Their goal difference is 21. They've scored 29 in the league, but their XG is actually 15.6, which, you know, that says a lot. Um, and a lot of them goals have come from Vardy, who's also XG himself, like his personal one. Yeah. He's, he's exceeding at the moment, kind of like what Aubameyang did last year Absolutely. for Arsenal. He's doing it this year for Leicester. It's so difficult far. to maintain that. You know, that's mm. difficult to maintain. And also when you look at their goals conceded, it's only eight at the moment, but their XG conceded is actually 13. So they're, they're overachieving at both ends of the field right now, which is very difficult to maintain for a season. That would actually put them at an average of uh, 49 goals for, 41 against. And that's not really going to see you into that title contender, that's, that's for sure, but also seeing you into top four. be interesting, though, to see how that plays out. Um, they haven't really had a sticky period yet. I think they've they've really been one of the more consistent teams since the start of the season. They they had a off day against United, although I think that Manchester United are just particularly good at facing good teams and making them look shit this season. They they also they also sorry they also played a Chelsea team who at the time weren't in the greatest of form you know early in the season and then he took a two two draw. Uh, I do wonder if the if the bigger games is maybe a little bit too much for them. Uh, you know, I've, I thought Madison was quite, in particular in that Man United game, he was definitely quite Madison. Uh, he's influential against the other teams, but I'm yet to be convinced he can do it against the big teams. Love it. I love the dig at Arsenal, mate. That's sweet. <laughs> That's all I was thinking as well. That was all I was thinking. <laughs> um, I mean, touching on Chelsea while we're talking about the other team that are in the in the title race, um, it's, it's definitely a year, at least too early. Uh, there's a lot of young heads. Now, obviously, youth can carry you to it. Mikey, you experienced that in in your youth, no doubt, uh, no less even with with the fact that Manchester United went and did it uh, with with uh, was that team in ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, yeah, but we did have really experienced. Pros. You did, you did, and we have got some good experienced players playing as well. It's just um, Abraham is on hot form right now. Uh, Bashaway has obviously been able to chip in a bit, but you do wonder a little bit: can Abraham maintain that for a thirty eight game league season? Um, do they have enough to kind of carry? I think there's that lack of experience and also the fact that Liverpool are fucking miles ahead, uh, which is why we won't win the league this year. I think that Chelsea are in a good position to close that gap next summer um, and start putting the pressure on those top, top two teams. Whether or not they're going to be good enough next year, I'm not too sure, but um, it's a, it's very early days because it's early days not just for the players. I think I've been very impressed with Reese James who's come in and, and, and been a star from, from the off, but it's, it's early days. Woods, can I ask a quick question yeah. about Reese James? Because I was really impressed with him when I watched him the other day. Uh, and obviously you've been bigging him up for a little while now. Is, is he now playing? Is he your starting right back? Um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, he, he should be. Um, it'll be interesting. That's Cause the same, for because for he, he is 10 times better than Aspen. He is. At the he moment. is. He's just so much on one game. He, he really impressed me. He, he gave Zaha probably the toughest game that he's had this season. Mm. Um, he's excellent going backwards because he's so strong and fast but he's also exceptionally talented going forward as well um, he, he should be one of the first names on the team sheet which is crazy to say for a 19 year old it'll be interesting how Lampard handles it let's put it that way I think Lampard's massively high on this kid but when, when the skipper is playing in that position it's difficult what he did he did shift Azpilicueta to left back actually against Ajax um, and that paid dividends because actually Azpilicueta is better at left back than he is at right back for whatever reason Um it's extreme. For what it's worth, you just mentioned Ajax there, which is, uh, we, we shouldn't let that go through really, yes. uh, that, that game. Madness. I think that hi- highlights maybe why Chelsea probably, well, definitely I don't think are t- title contenders. Yeah. It highlights but. the 
it highlights our positives and it highlights our, our weaknesses. Um, we're a, we're a very fun team to watch. I think I said earlier this season we're going to be one of the best teams to watch this season. Uh, that's certainly playing out with a lot of our games. Uh, we're fortunate. Let's keep it real. Uh, they were four one up, and without the penalty, those two guys off. don't go, mate. They, you know, I don't see you winning. No, absolutely not. Um, Ajax were clinical. They were exceptional at crossing the ball. We, we still have problems at centre half with with dealing with with balls into the box. Um, Big games have been a problem for us so far this season, which was highlighted by Jose. Uh, we've got a big one next, or well, not next week, in the weekend after against Man City. If, if Bravo's in goal, I fancy us. I'm very, very intrigued to see, because the, right, the mentality for Chelsea at the moment is very much, and this is kind of with the fans as well, is that essentially it's a gimme season. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. no pressure Happy on the team lucky. at all. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Um, and that for me, when, you know, the talk about Chelsea in big games, not really, you know, having an issue there. The the, the trick for me or the test will come when these young players are going to go from a point of no pressure to the point of maybe in a year's time. Now you have to fucking win every game because you're Chelsea, you yeah. play for Chelsea. Now, now when you go, when you're facing a Man City or you're facing a Liverpool or an Ajax, um, having a go isn't good enough yep. you've got to win results matter yep. and that's that. That's um, it's a very very interesting time to be a Chelsea fan it a is. very very interesting time it's very exciting and you're 100% correct can these players in those big moments like the, the players that we had before Lampard in particular but uh, Drogba Terry those players when the big you know the lights are on they shone brightest right who in that team is, is going to be that player? Can Tammy Abraham be that player uh, in, in the big games to take the game by the scruff of the neck like Drogba did? Can, can Mason Mount do the same what Lampard was able to do coming up with big moments? Uh, can Tamori Ozuma kind of take that John Terry role? It's, it's all to be seen because it's, it's excellent and it's fun to watch. And the reason we've obviously won six in a row in the league is because we've played t- games and teams that we're expected to beat. We still beat them. You know, yeah. Tottenham and Arsenal Easier and even, than and done, even Manchester United this season have, have played teams that they should have beaten and they haven't, um, which is why we're in such a strong position for top four. But in, in terms of title contenders, look, let's get it. We've already said Liverpool are winning the league. Um, City will finish above those two, Leicester and Chelsea. Leicester and Chelsea's ambitions are top four this year. And I think you, could all, you could almost argue that there's no title contenders at no, the there moment. There aren't. There aren't. You're 100% correct. There aren't. Um, it'll be interesting, though, going into next season. Where Chelsea are, and I think Chelsea will strengthen. The question is, what happens with Leicester, right? So they finish top four. What happens with Leicester? Do they keep the group together? Do they strengthen, or does the group disband? Go to Manchester United, go to Tottenham, go to wherever else their players are are wanted. Do do they basically pull out Southampton? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And now look where Southampton are. Um, changing gears dramatically now. There's something this season which has been bothering me for the last, you know, certainly the last month. I would suggest. Something that's been bothering me at the very core of my soul, in fact. Because, you know, this season it hasn't all been, you know, peaches and cream for a Manchester United fan such as myself. You know, it's been very, very inconsistent. We've had some nice performances. We've had some abysmal performances. Um, but there's been one constant I found at the start of the season which, which gave me joy every Saturday, sometimes a Sunday, occasionally a Monday, one time on a Friday. And that's the joy of saying, Hilaire. <laughs> It hasn't happened recently. It has not. Um, and I feel like every other West Ham fan at the moment, although I'm not a West Ham fan, in the fact that there is no joy to be had at the Upton Bowling Olympic Stadium. <laughs> I, um, 
What the fuck is going on with them? They have literally fallen off a cliff. If they, I, I do not know. Have they fallen off a cliff or are they just being West Ham? No, because they're, they, I'm, I am sure, I am sure in my heart, they have better players than, than what are they doing. Because their, their form at the moment is sacking the manager form. And their performances at the moment are sacking the manager performances. I, I think there's something telling, um, which uh, I noticed after we beat West Ham, Declan Rice came out afterwards. A full game, you know, um, a game that I said, you know, we completely dominated. This is a shit out of form. Everton completely dominated that game. Uh, and afterwards, Declan Rice said, yeah, yeah we were beating all, we were second best all over the park. He did exactly the same thing again this yep. weekend after Burnley. They're, they're just not competing at the moment. They're, they're, they're you know, then there's nothing. There's no fire in their bellies, you know, so to speak. Uh, um, I don't know if you're hinting at maybe Pellegrini or is, is the, the the fault here? Is that is that what the angle you was going at in terms of is that where the fans are going? I always look. I, so you think the quality is too good in terms of players, and it's Pellegrini that's the, the fault then? I, for me, I always feel like with um, if the players aren't trying and not putting themselves about, that's on the that's on the coaching stuff. Um, the motivation, uh, the, the, like yeah. I. The, you know, a lot of the game when, when you're a coach manager what the fuck you want to call it you know it's it's about motivation you could be the most tactical genius in the world if your players are not motivated correctly to better follow out your instructions you're never going to win anything and for me as soon as the players aren't putting in the graft time for the manager to go look what happened to Mourinho look what happened for every fucking United manager I've had over the last six years you know it's um for me Ryan's on the wall a little bit so West Ham, you're completely correct, Mikey. They they did start really well, and it you know their, their last really big performance was actually against Manchester United, where they won two yes. 0 um, Before that, they I think they beat Norwich two 0 They drew with Villa nil nil. They beat Watford three one as well. Um, all games where you kind of look at their xG um, going back to the the numbers. Um, the xG against was um, all about one point four to one point five, right, as an average. Um, and certainly against Norwich and Watford, their XG was quite high. Against Manchester United, their XG was actually 0.5, but they won the game 2-0, which God knows what the fuck was going on in Manchester United that day. Manchester United was their last big result. At that point, I believe their goalkeeper got injured. So I think Lukas Fabianski has been out of goal. Probably since. one of the better keepers as well in the Premier League. In terms of, out. especially when you look at his form last year. Now, I'm going to just give you their XG against and their actual goals conceded last year. 66 was their expected goals to be conceded. They only conceded 55. So Fabianski, Fabianski worth, by all accounts, 11 goals. And you obviously can turn that into points, which you can do, which was they had 52 points last year. They should have had 43 so Fabianski was worth roughly nine points last year to them. And since then, it's gone Bournemouth 2-2. Palace, they lost 2-1. Everton, like you say, they completely capitulated against Everton 2-0. Got a good draw against Sheffield United. Uh, embarrassed by Bruce's Newcastle. And then obviously got a spanking off Burnley. The, the thing in the, all of these games is their XG is actually lower. Um, oh, sorry, their XG uh, against is all lower than the goals they conceded, which says that the person they got in goal right now is fucking dreadful. And I can vouch for that. So I, that performance so, was horrific wasn't so, it? I, you, so we've been talking about this in the WhatsApp group and you've mentioned this guy and I haven't really seen much of West Ham over the last since basically since he's been in the sticks and I was like who is he on about here they've got this goalkeeper what's going on and I, and I obviously I caught the game on match of the day on the weekend 
that ball where he kind of because kind of, you described it to me where he's like floats it up to the fullback. Oh, it's so go, bro. bad. It's, it's so, like they played the fullback on match of the day. I'm like, no, no, no. What the fuck was that? I mean, he was responsible for two goals at the weekend. His reaction to that fr- uh, that throw as well was brilliant because he, <laughs> he, he, he sort of had like a mini tantrum. With, I don't know with himself or with the player for not, you know, helping him out. And then, and then, yeah, then it was just he, his head was all over the place. He didn't make the save. No, and then he proceeded to punch one into his own net. <laughs> and this is coming off the back of last weekend against Newcastle where he was just completely all over the show. I mean, if Sam Maximan had any ability to put the ball in the back of the net, it would have been five or six last week against Newcastle. It's against it's Newcastle. <laughs> mate, mate, he conceded four against Oxford United. This guy is like, he looks like he's a fan that's kind of won a prize. He's a competition winner. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. But that's... It was funny as well, mate, because he was putting off some saves, saves as well towards the end of the what? game. And obviously the game's already lost, mate. And he's kind of looking around, like, you know, where's the support lads? And the, the boys are like, no, you fucking lost it for us. You, you know, you fucking shit. It's 3 nil down, he's pulling off a save. And it's kind of like, <laughs> there we go, earn my money apparently, this week. Well, apparently that's what he's done. He's lost, he's lost the, uh, the dressing room, hasn't he? Like, they, they have no faith in him. And you can't blame him, are no, Because, like, this guy, genuinely, he looks like he's won a prize to play in goal for West Ham. But that's not ju- that is not the whole entirety of the problem because their XG is fucking through the floor um, I'm just going to go game by game 0.47 1.54 against Newcastle now remember that Newcastle were 3-0 up at one point which kind of inflates these numbers for them um, they did have 2.34 against Sheffield United so they actually turned up that game Everton 0.46 Palace was 1.24, Bournemouth 1.3, Villa 0.54, Manchester United 0.51. They create nothing, nothing. Mate, they didn't have a shot on target against Burnley in the first half. It, they are... Did, no, no, not on target. They, sorry, they just didn't have a shot, sorry. They are Literally dreadful. Not a shot. Dreadful. And you think of the players that they've got on the pitch. You know, you've got these attacking players. They've spent all this money on this, this attacking talent. And you are right, Mikey... The fucking manager is getting nothing out of it. He's lost it. He's lost it. Pellegrini has genuinely just lost it at this point. They raised something on a Football 365, which I think is a very good point. And the fact is that after he peaked at Man City, where you know he won a, a trophy, a league, he went to China. Yeah, says a lot. Coming back it? from China to, to the intensity of the Premier League. Speaking, I mean, of- he's, he's not the most charismatic of uh, guys as it is anyway. But you know, he literally looks like you know he's down at the moment. Absolutely, he looked crushed on the bench. Speaking of China, though, <laughs> the, the obvious replacement is actually in China at the moment, right? They wanted which him originally, is- which is Rafa Benitez. All oh, right, okay. Because yeah, they yeah. wanted Benitez from Newcastle. I'm seeing David Moyes being linked again. So that's why. Fucking I was- hell! Thank you. Oh my god. <laughs> If they can't get if those can't pound get Rafa, coins, will be back, do. mate. Those pound coins will be going back at the owners if, if <laughs> David Moyes turns up. It's amazing because, like I said, it felt like at the start of the season there was this kind of, oh, you're going to get Europa League football. There's a feel good factor, and it is just Fabianski gets hurt, and it's through the fucking floor. Um, yeah, they're a mess. It's, right it's like it's like the Joe Hart effect, isn't it? <laughs> Very <laughs> much. So. Team in Claret, this guy yeah. genuinely is worse than Joe Hart. That's a fair <laughs> like if. <laughs> If basically Joe Hart was the bottom, this guy is some some levels below it. Like he's nowhere near a Premier League goalkeeper. You're right. As you know, you mentioned with the uh, XG, you know, for against, they're actually 19th in the league at the moment. They've actually got a worse record than Southampton, who conceded nine, didn't they, against <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Only Norwich have got a worse record than them. All I'm saying is to bow out on this topic is uh, still waiting for Declan Rice to have a good game. It's all right, mate. When you sign in for 80 million in January, 
Yeah, you'll yeah. get to see it on a day yeah, on a we'll weekly do, yeah. basis. Hey man, we have got Fred, mate. What a player? <laughs> you know, turned it around. Involved in all three goals at the weekend. There you go. In a three-one win. There you go. Um, no way. <laughs> I'm not getting aboard this fucking Fred train at all. What's, what's wrong? The Fred, mate, the Fred I, mate, it's too late, mate. It's left the, the station. Mikey, what you Mikey's, mean. Mikey's the pilot in this train. He's woof, gone. Hey, the Fred, my pet, mate, is down the road. Fred, he's, he's, he's a fucking Vespa, mate. You know, just buzzing around. Being Stylish, shit. mate. Classy. Um, <laughs> uh, so, the last segment before the last segment. That's all right. That's Can right. you understand that? I've got it. Have you got it? Technically, there's three segments. Technically, three segments. We've got about, segment before the segment before the segment. We've got about twenty minutes left. We'll squeeze them in. So, we wanted to take a look at uh, English or British players abroad. Nailed it. And uh, I, I, I raised the subject, and you boys have ran with it. So I haven't actually done anything. So I'm going to pass over straight over to Lee because obviously, the, you know, I, just to, kind of as an intro, I should point out that me and Lee have certainly had this conversation a bunch of times. I'm sure you're the same. Words. It's always nice to see. An English player or a, or a British player go abroad and and try their luck. You know, when Bale went to Madrid, when Beckham went to Madrid back in the day. You know, Gaza going to Italy. Like I remember as a kid, Gaza going to Italy, oh, watching Gazetta Football Italia was like, ooh, you know, it's wow. Massive. And they basically you know, gave him his own TV show. <laughs> like in, in all seriousness, have you ever watched a documentary about it? Like, yeah, genuinely, yeah, it's, it. like, it's an unbelievable documentary about it. But here, hold, they, hold a snake. <laughs> 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 Here's a tiger. And that's where we obviously petty. first got to meet James Richardson, who we all love exactly. dearly. Um, but like generally, when he went there, they were like, right, well, people are going to want to watch Paul Gascoigne in Italy. So here's a TV show for you. <laughs> it's yeah, bizarre. I, I think the key thing is, though, as you mentioned, when we were growing up, is that these players that were going abroad, they were very few and far between. You know, we are seeing that trickle effect now where more are playing out there. Um, I've actually got a bit of an interest uh, in, in, in the Bundesliga because... Uh, my boy John Joe Kenny is uh, is playing out there for Schalke at the moment, um, so I, I've naturally had a little look at the Bundesliga. Is that where we're starting? We're starting in the Bundesliga. I, I'm going to start we'll with start, the Bundesliga. We're starting the Bundesliga. Um, so he's had a solid start at Schalke. Um, old, old John Joe. He's uh, they're, they're seventh at the moment. He scored on his debut. Um, he's got young Bundesliga player of, of the month. Wow! As well, whilst he's out there, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked, mate, because I wasn't seeing this in the Premier League. No, for Everton. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, good news for, uh, on, on a front for Everton, you know. And on the flip side as well, we sold Lookman uh, to, to to back to Leipzig, who had been out on loan. Mate, he's not even getting a game out there, mate. At the no. moment, he's, he's played three games, I think, this season. And uh, Leipzig are riding high, so he ain't getting into that team at the moment at all. Wap wap, not not working out for him. Um, obviously, obviously, we've also got a Jordan Sancho as well. At Dortmund. Jay, yeah, Jay, Jane Sancho Tailed off a little bit actually. So. Interestingly, Jaden Sancho got yanked at f- after 36 minutes in the um, game against Bayern at the weekend. Uh, manager was very critical of him, I think, in basically his application, not just in the Good. game, but in his application and f- training. Good. He also came back late from, uh, from international. Yeah. Good. I'm, I'm not sh- no, This is going to happen. He's a kid. Yeah. And, and he's he, obviously and he, on this, decent it, money. His head's getting turned. Th- people should go through this. It's the same reason I, like, I, I've said this about Rashford every fucking week, I swear. Guy, the kid's put in some good performances, Rashford. He's had a couple of decent games. Missed a fuckload of chances, I should remind you. But the amount of times where I've seen him play so badly and just be untouchable. Same with Lingard. If, if Jaden Sancho is turned up and he's not applying himself, don't fucking play him. Yank him. Make an example. You know, these kids 
earning all this money need to need to have this. Yeah, you might be playing for England. Yeah, you might be on the cover of FIFA. Yeah, you might be in all the adverts. But at the end of the day, you've still got to apply yourself. Absolutely. Well, yeah, well, we, I've seen it again with, uh, just referring back to Everson, we've seen it in the news today, haven't we, with Moyes Keane. Yeah. You know, he's, he's missed, uh, or he's turned up late for two, two meetings. And Soon as He's right. been punished. <laughs> Obviously, soon as is right in terms of he is a massive troublemaker for not turning up on time. Yeah, he called for, it. For, for he said. Meeting. He said. This guy. Speaking of which, have you seen the, uh, the doing the rounds on uh, like Reddit and things at the moment? Is the uh, Chelsea uh, code of conduct? I I have seen. Isn't it something like turning up late to training twenty grand? It's it's mad, and like, there's some fines where it's like for every additional minute you are late, you get fined another grand and stuff like that. Mate, that, that'll make you turn that up. Will, do you know what I mean, mate? At training. There's a lot of fines going around, mate, and it's signed by Frank Lampard at the bottom. You Incredible. just think as well that they're, they're getting fined more than what UEFA fine for, like, you know, racial abuse. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. That is it's crazy. Nuts. Turn Absolutely up late to training, you're fined more than Bulgaria did for, for basically <laughs> racially abusing an entire football team. Um, just on Sancho, though, three goals, five assists in the Bundesliga this year, uh, averaging 3.3 dribbles, 1.7 key pass, 1.7 shots. He's having a good season. He's basically been Dortmund's yeah. best player based on uh, who scored ratings. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Um, kidneys, well, Dortmund have tailed off as well. They so have. he's tailed off. Dortmund six, have tailed six off. Point, only six points back, but sixth in the league. Uh, second in the Champions League. They had a massive result, though, in the Champions League this week against Inter after going two down. Conte continues his dog shit form in the Champions League, bottling that. Came out after bottling that to blame basically the board for not binding loads of players. I've heard this story before. But he's doing all right, though, isn't he, in Syria. Oh, like, yeah, they're he's just, just second just behind the events. Shall we go to Syria? Point. That seems like a good place to go. Um, Aaron Ramsey. Mm, how's that working out for Aaron Ramsey? Two goals in four games, uh, or four starts for him, but he's basically barely seeing the playing field. Now, I don't know if he's just coming back from an injury. I believe he's only just got back from an injury. That is right. Uh, Bernadeschi's been basically starting in, in, in his position for the majority of the season. So we'll see as the season goes on if Ramsey features more. But obviously the most important thing to talk about right now about Aaron Ramsey is the fact that he stole a goal from Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, and good. And, good. And it was fucking wonderful because you could see how genuinely annoyed Ronaldo was about this moment. But, but it fucks me off. I don't understand why he's got so riled up. It was a shit shot. The goalkeeper saved it. It was trickling over the line. I don't understand what his beef is. He's gonna. He's, it's a player's natural instinct is to hit it. It's his entire career, though, isn't it? It's his entire career. But wasn't it? Wasn't it for like eight hundred? Something ridiculous. Wasn't it for a, a landmark goal? Wasn't I, it I as well or something? I don't know. What, would it be club goals at that point? I'm not too sure. Uh, but he's only got five goals this season for Juventus. Ronaldo um, stormed and, off the pitch the other day. He did. He's been subbed Ordered twice. To- uh, in a week apologise to his teammates Sari is shithousing the fuck out of Ronaldo at the moment by yanking him after an hour and the best thing is that Dybala's coming on in his place and winning games um, yep exactly it's just so good um, so yeah he left the stadium um, on Sunday night uh, in the Milan game uh, <laughs> didn't even wait for his teammates by all accounts he might be getting quizzed about leaving early because he was meant to be you meant to stay because obviously you get doping tests at the end of the game so he's put himself at risk for basically violating those regulations there. Now, I'm sure like FIFA and UEFA aren't going to ban Ronaldo uh, at 34 years old for, for basically not testing a drugs test when clearly he's been on shit for his entire career. But um, <laughs> allegedly. <Classic> Woods. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it is crazy. Uh, and you're right. By all accounts, he, 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 he called Sari's mum uh, a whore as he walked off. <laughs> 
Uh, and yeah, he's been asked to apologise to. to how, how do we see this playing out? It's coming home. <laughs> he, he may well. It's coming home. Swans Wood, Woodward's there, mate. He's, he's searching. Check book at the ready. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Think of all those shirts. <laughs> he's at the airport now just with Ronaldo. Spelled wrongly. You know, just. Ronaldo. Ronaldo. <laughs> Rooney's walking past. You want me back, boss? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, 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 not you, not you. Yeah, um, Juve are top though in the league. As we said, they're top of their Champions League group as well. So it's actually been a pretty good but, start for Sari. But I know I do feel like there's a bit of element of Chelsea from last year. Yes. They're not. They're not. They're not they're scoring not, as many they're not goals. They're, as many. Not, they're, they're, not. they're kind of defensive looking. I watched them in the Champions League. I think it was against Dynamo Kiev or one of the Russian clubs or something. They they looked quite rigid. They got bailed out by um, an exceptional goal uh, from mm. uh, God. What's his name? Costa Douglas Costa. Um, yes. Maisie run. Yeah. So uh, much like last year, where Hazard bailed him out regularly, it seems that Sari again is getting bailed out regularly with his uh, Sari ball uh, by players that are just. I've been strangled and having the life taken out of them. We love Sari Ball. I just, I just we, want to kind of, sorry, before, before moving off, off Sari, um, XG at Chelsea under Sari, 64 last year. Lampard's on for 82. <laughs> so, <clears throat> attacking football. Go fuck yourself, Sari. Yeah. <laughs> You're Sari Ball, is that, you know? Oh, mate, I miss Sari Ball so yeah, much. No, those are good Sari Ball was the glory days. <laughs> um, mate, can, can anyone explain to me what's happened with AC Milan whilst we're on Serie A? Because I, I had a look at the table and I saw they were down in 14th. 14th. Um, anyone, anyone know what's going on? It's badly managed, mate. Badly Turbulent. managed. They're, who's their manager yeah, at the moment? Haven't they got the Chinese ownership as well? They do they, have um, the Chinese ownership. Clubs. They're banned from European competition because they failed FFP. Because they must have splurged all their money on bang average players. Oh, they, they went. They, they, so I saw this thing, um, I think it was in the summer. Maybe, yeah. When was it? Basically, when they did this massive splurge, there was an infographic that was going around on Reddit of all these different players. And I was just like... I don't know who any of them are. And some of the fees, I'm like, who are you? And bear in mind, I'm a football manager, man. I know the players. I know the, I know the game of football, yeah? Didn't have a clue, mate. Didn't have a fucking clue who most of these players were. Yeah, it's, it's a bit baffling. I've got a friend of mine who actually is Italian and sports Inter Milan full-time. Uh, whenever I'd speak to him about AC Milan, he would always say the same thing. Hilarious club. Just, just hilarious. Just absolutely hilarious. A fallen giant of the game. Um, I think it's going to be a long time before we see them back near the top again. I need Berlusconi mm. back. Ber- Ber- <laughs> Berlusconi left and it fell to pieces. Turns out they need some right-wing dictatorship at that club. So, um, Daniel Sturridgely? Uh, yes, he's he's playing his trade now in Turkey for Trabzonspor. Uh, I only realized, I only thought he scored one goal, but you, you told me he scored two goals. Two goals. Uh, two starts? Uh, two goals in, I believe, two starts with three appearances off the bench. Yeah, it's not bad. Good, 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 good for Sturridge. Uh, I, I didn't do any research on the Turkish league though, because uh, I, don't, I don't really care about the Turkish league. What I did do is have a little look at the old La Liga though. Uh, we've got an English boy out there, haven't we, Woods? We have, Trippier. Mr. Kieran Trippier. Um, he's actually playing quite a few games, mate. He's ranked on who scored as their second best player. So, so right, I have to say this right because when, uh, when we talked about the England squad the other week on the show, um, you guys were talking about Trippier. And I, I meant to say at the time, the guy's been tearing it up this season. Like, he genuinely is, like, 
a yeah. revelation. And in playing Spain. right back like, as well. It's not like he's playing right wing back. He's playing right back because they play hmm. a flat back four under under yeah. Simeone. By all accounts, <laughs> the fans really like him. The team really like. He's doing well, mate. Defensively, they're selling me. Where have we got here? Yeah, mate. They've only conceded eight goals this year. Yeah, well, it's a Simeone. Team, this is what I say. It's a classic Simeone in terms of scored fifteen, conceded eight. So let's just think about this for a second. Tottenham get to a European Cup final. Finish top four. <laughs> Trippier leaves. <laughs> Tottenham fall through the floor. And now he's at Letty. And they're only a point back on the top two at the moment. Coincidence, I ask. Coincidence. <laughs> what was the, the player that Spurs fans were hounding out? The, the glue that was sticking this whole thing together? <laughs> I think it was their players fucking each other's wives. That was that, probably the... Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, allegedly. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. But yeah, he's having a great season. 2.2 tackles, 1.1 interceptions, key passes at two and 1.6 crosses a game. He's got two assists and he, had, he was man of the match by the comes against Juventus as well. So um, yeah, Trippier's actually having a great time out there. Mate, La Liga's a bit of a funny, funny going on this year, isn't it? In terms of, whilst you mentioned that they're a point off, you know, they've drawn six games this year and like the top two, I think it's Barcelona, they've lost three. So, Real Madrid have drawn four. They're just, so Barcelona, it feels a bit weird at the moment yeah. in La Liga. So Barcelona didn't start the season. They basically um, <laughs> were sitting there losing every week, waiting for Messi to come back. And Messi's come back and he has been fucking incredible. Uh, if he doesn't win the Ballon d'Or, you know what? Just cancel football because he is ridiculous. Still, he is ridiculous. I tell you what, it's a testament to what drugs can do. To be honest with you, it really is a testament to what what drugs can do to players. Well, hello, Woods. I can't even say allegedly no. on that one because because he he did take growth hormones. So exactly, <laughs> you know, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, we do have. Was... I say, I'll say we do have one more Englishman not in La Liga, but definitely playing abroad, which I always like to keep a close eye on. on. Lee Catamol. I'm dumbfounded by this that he's actually played. I didn't know where he was, but he's at some team I've never heard of in Holland, right? Who, who mate? Guess, guess, Michael. Guess what they're called? Go on. They're called they, they, they. <laughs> yeah, that's how you, that's how you pronounce it. Obviously, to us, it's just a V, V, V. But in, in Dutch, it's a they, they, they. But yeah, he's a, he hasn't been sent off, which is that, that was the stat I was looking for. I went straight to the red cards. <laughs> he's played eight games, three yellows, no reds. There you go, mate. I kind of feel that's the ultimate hipster shirt. A vey, 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 Lee Catamol shirt. <laughs> Lee Barry Catamol, which I also learnt today. Barry. Barry Catamol. Jesus Lee Barry Catamol. How's uh, Gareth Bale doing? Or is he... Does Zinedine like him still? I don't, I don't know, mate. He, he was in and out of the team. Uh, if you keep talking about something and I'm going to look this up because I actually didn't look at Bale. Um, I was too interested in looking at Kieran Trippier. Mate, I've given up. I've given up with Bale, mate. I, I, when he, like, as you said, you know, when a player goes abroad, you know, you, you instantly, especially Bale, you know, it was a world record fee at the time, and he, he's just never really got going at Real. It's been like, he scored important goals. He's one won the, big one, one the decimal, mate. But if, you, yeah, but you, you just like you almost feel like he's not a. I don't know. He's not a big player for Real Madrid. Mate, Ronaldo left under a charade of white hankies and booze. And he's the greatest player they've ever had. Like, it's impossible to be loved at that club. Mm. Unless your name is Sergio Ramos, probably. Raul. Or Raul. He's played Man, six I feel like he's got two, a bit of the James Rodriguez about him at the moment. Well, in he's, terms of the I mean, way he's, he's, he's fucking miserable, though, isn't he? He doesn't want to be there. Uh, Bale has uh, played six, scored two, uh, two assists... In the Liga, uh, he's only played 79 minutes in the Champions League. Is he injured? 
Or is it just Zidane literally like... Of course he's either injured or Zinedine well, only, fucking hates him. The only time I saw him play the season, he scored and got sent off, I think. Yes, mm. you are correct. That was against Villarreal. Mm. Uh, last mate, he, the, re- well. the issue for him is that his only other option is China. So it's like literally, do I want to play in China or do I want to play just in you know second? He hasn't all? played since the or, start of October. Oh my god! Or I'm going to give a crazy wild idea, like a really this is this is. He played for Wales as well. So that's this is this is left field, man. Yeah. What was Gareth Bale's wage demands right now? Probably in what half a million a week? I think it's in that ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the issue is on a long contract. How about he goes and fuck? So how about he just doesn't take half a million a week in his next club? Just goes, you know what? I'll go and sign for someone for sixty grand a week, and I'll go and play for fucking anyone now. Yeah, but he doesn't want to do that because he's on a ridiculous contract. So he's like, oh, oh, if he, I'm, I'm if just he, if he cares money. about football and he cares about his, you know, do you know what I mean? Well, he's earned more money than he'll ever spend in his life. Oh well, yeah. Do you know what I mean? This is the thing that baffles me with players when they get. So you're in a Gareth Bale position and I think he feels kind of hamstrung by what, where he is, right? And it's like, right, how much is it going to cost? Like, he can do things to get out of that if he wants to. Ultimately, he you're questioning his love of football over, over yeah, I money. I am. Yeah. I, think the, I think the fact that he gets to live in Spain, I think the fact play that golf. he... Play golf. Play golf. You know, he's a, a lifestyle player now and... For me... Mate, his, his career's been riddled with injuries, mate. I reckon his body's fucked, mate. And he, yeah. he's literally... He doesn't give a shit. It anymore. didn't... It, mate, as soon as he went to Madrid and went, oh, shit, Ronaldo's massive. I'm going to get in the gym and do some other things as well, which are, you know, non-undisclosed. Get, get a top knot. <laughs> get a top knot to hide my bald patch. Um, yeah, as soon as he did that and he put all that muscle on that frame, nah, not going to happen. Um, any, is there any more other English players? I haven't got any more. I mean... Ampadu's out there at Leipzig as well and he's barely playing which is quite frustrating as a Chelsea fan Don't you have a Lewis Baker out there somewhere as well? Uh, is he out there in the Bundesliga as well? No, I think. Yeah, pretty he sure, is, he, pretty he, sure is. he is Yeah, No idea He's one that's not making the grade, mate Right, All right. We're, we're going to do winners and chumps now Tell me your winner, Lee My winner, well, my winner we also have to have a give a bit of a sub-story to it because my winner is Gareth Southgate uh, simply because uh, of the way he's handled this situation that's come about over the last 24 hours with um, uh, Raheem Sterling and Joe Gomez, which also rolled on from the, the game on Sunday. Uh, obviously, as we know, there was a little bit of a ruckus towards the end between the two. Um, kind of didn't really think too much of it. Obviously, at the time, you're thinking, our oh, two England teammates, but that's it. Uh, it turns out, obviously, uh, apparently, old Sterling still had his beef. He's still feeling a bit salty, as uh, Jackson put it on the old... Uh, uh, messages earlier uh, yeah and apparently Joe Gomez has got a scratched face uh, as he tried to get at him and uh, had to be separated by the players the fact that Gareth Southgate is in um, Raheem Sterling is probably our biggest player at the moment and whilst you know we are pretty much qualified anyway for you know obviously for, obviously for the Euros it's still a statement I think to, to say look you know you're not in my next squad and it sends a message out to the players the reason why I think it's important is because I don't think it's happened before I can't imagine uh, a Steve McLaren a Sven Goran Eriksson maybe a Capello but it would probably be handled poorly um, I think he's been blunt he's cut to the point he's kind of tried to snip it in the bud yeah I think I think it's sound play Rio Ferdinand was critical of it no, he would, wouldn't he? He was like, it should have been dealt with internally. And I'm thinking... He's a pundit now. What are you talking about? There's no way this gets dealt with internally because it will could... leak and then everyone's going to be asking questions about it. He dealt with it the right way. Southgate didn't really have too much of an option because obviously he said it's going to be leaked, it's going to go public. 
Um, and I think he's just handled it very well. I think so too. I, I like that in terms of the way that also that the players have said that they discussed it as a group. You know, it wasn't something he's just made a decision on his own. It's been discussed in front of the other players, the, the the two players in question, that they've both discussed it in front of the other players. It seems like he's handled the whole situation professionally. Yeah. And, and I think someone like maybe like for Rio Ferdinand, maybe he, as, as I said, he, I think he's used to maybe how it's been dealt with in the past where it's all brushed under the carpet internally. But then we, as the public, don't understand when we're watching the performances why it's so disjointed, and that's because half of the players don't fucking like each other. And this is the thing, I mean, you've got to remember... That and they're shagging each other's misses. Ferdinand spent, <laughs> Ferdinand spent the majority of his career at Man United where nothing got out. Everything yeah. was controlled. So he's probably using that experience more than the England experience, to be honest with you. Because when he played for United, nothing got out. Everything was dealt with And also modern-day society... You know, well, people exactly. talk now and they have the ability to talk in seconds to each other and to, to the rest of the world. Yeah, I mean, ultimately... The pressure would be a lot more greater in, in this day and age than what it was. You know, what Rio were obviously at the time yeah. of the experience... I mean, let's think about it. If, if, if Rio That's Ferdinand was about now, I'm sure a lot more of the people that he was fucking at the time would probably come forward. <laughs> Most yeah. likely. Well, who's your winner? Uh, uh, I'm going to go with... Um, yeah, he came to me and I had one in my head and then I got massively distracted by the discussion that we were having. Uh, my, my, my winner is actually going to be um, Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV um, because... Um, Calling out Emery, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it's great, man. <laughs> uh, this is incredible. Uh, did, have you heard this story about the fact that now Aubameyang... So Aubameyang's been given the captain's yeah. armband. So yeah. <laughs> Emery stripped the armband of Xhaka. It had to be done. We understand this. He gave the armband It should never to, have been with him in the first place, though. It should never have been with him. Absolutely. Gave it to Aubameyang. So Aubameyang's now got the armband. And it's like, fair enough. Not the player I would have given it to. A player that's got a bit of a history of being a bit selfish, bit of a bit of a dick, really. Um, I would probably would have gone somewhere else with it, but that's fair enough. Because uh, he does give a lot for us. I thought it's worth. I watch him. He does look like a player that's giving his all when he's on the pitch. However, it seems like half the dressing room isn't happy about it because Aubameyang is too buddy-buddy with Arsenal Fan TV, in particular troops from Arsenal Fan TV, who basically assassinates <laughs> these players every week and never talks ill about Aubameyang. So now they've got this issue where the dressing room's now split even more with their new captain. Aubameyang's gone on uh, international duty and he's come out and basically said, if you've got a problem with it, go fuck yourself, basically. So it's just... <laughs> It's just the gift that keeps on giving. And the thing is, is that Arsenal is such a fucking joke club at the moment. And the person that's making all the money from this is Robbie. He's everywhere. Very good point. He's everywhere, mate. I, 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 he, but it kind of symbolises why he, they're a joke club at the moment, that fucking on, Arsenal TV. He was on Match of the Day too. Was he really? Yeah, he had a little feature. You Amazing. Know, as he said, when he called out Emery. Amazing. So when, they, when they were kind of previewing the game, like he had a little box in the corner and he was talking about Emery. And I was like, How, he's got on here. And he'd come up with Robbie Matt, at Arsenal Fan TV. I'm like, oh my God. Mate, credit. Uh, as you said as well, I think uh, Troops gets to sit in a Bamiyang's like box as well at Arsenal. You well, the picture, right? He denied, a- he denied it was a Bamiyang's. He said he was invited by some other... Uh, sponsor, but well, Abamyang went up and met him. So there's a picture of troops and Abamyang together in the box, going real like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, a- no, um, they're clearly tight. And the thing is, is that he's kind of like this double standard. Look, fans are pissed off that football is no longer kind of um, uh, engaged with the fans, right? Like it used to be. And the second that a player engages the fans, he's like, not that fucking fan, not that one. <laughs> Choose another fan. <laughs> I love Arsenal fan TV. It's so good. Um, it's so good. It's so good. Honestly, my, the, it's the I, best thing about Arsenal in the last few years. I worried when Wenger went. 
that we'd lose it. And there was a period where they were all so happy about things and it was all positive because they were winning games. And this season started and it was like, again, everything's fine. And then the fact that it's turned into such a shit show. Oh. Genuinely, mate, I think either Cronky or Emery have got shares in Arsenal Fan TV because they know when it's not going well, those views go up, that ad revenue comes in. <laughs> There's got to be some dealings there going on. Do you know what I mean? Um, a plant, mate. <laughs> yeah, like Aubameyang's like the little wingman. He's the go-between between Emery and... and Aubameyang's a mole. <laughs> um, my winner of the week is uh, Marcus Rashford. Um, Didn't you I've give been, this to him last week? I've been uber critical of him. And I'll tell you what... Mate, you are literally flipping here on, on, on Rashford. I've been impressed with his performances. Did you give it to him look, last I, week? I think I, I did, sure yeah, did. I did. Look, I, look I, I, wouldn't, I am a man who holds grudges. I happily admit that. I love holding a grudge. There are few more things more enjoyable than festering over a grudge. Yeah. However, I'm a fair man and I've been very critical of the boy so far in his career. However, the last couple of weeks, starting with that free kick against Chelsea. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we won, we, we beat, beat Chelsea. Um, he's, he's played well. He's really given, you can see he's trying, he's running, he's putting a real shift in. He's showing bits of quality. He, he should have scored three times the amount of goals he has scored because he's missed a lot of chances, including an absolute sitter at the weekend. Um, That's a good winner for you. Yeah, exactly. But still scored a very emphatic goal. Got a bit of a highlight reel of the uh, flip-flap on... Uh, was very it good David flip-flap. Proper? It was a good flip-flap, yeah. And, very um, good. You know, he looks confident. Martial I think has helped Ma- him out, mate. Martial has helped him out an unbelievable amount and we look like a different team at He's times. helped him out because, firstly, he doesn't have to play through the middle anymore. He's mm. absolute garbage for the middle. We talked, we spoke about this. The second he's moved to the left, different player. And that's probably why Southgate feels so sure about kind of going, you know what, Raheem, I'm going to sit you for Thursday because this geezer over here has finally turned up this season. And, and I, the last he, time he played for England, he scored a bloody good goal as well. There you go. I mean, ultimately, Rashford can come in and play for Sterling. It's no biggie. Yeah. So uh, that's my winner of the week. Who's your loser, Lee? Um, I think we discussed it. Uh, Pep, um, he tried the mind games before. He, uh, he lost it after... Um, whilst I obviously has uh, the contentious VAR issue uh, to maybe stew on, um, yeah, he lost it. He was very, very sour at the end, obviously, the sarcasm with the referees. And also, just I wasn't impressed with his, 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 his like starting 11, in particular that left back. It, it troubled me uh, playing Angelino um, there. It, it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Um, I know he's been forced into a few decisions due to injuries, but. Uh, and Woods, you know, you said that you know they played all right, but after the game, I know he has to defend his players. But you know, he was over the top was. with you know how, how emphatic, you know, how great and how pleased he was with the performance. Um, ultimately, you just lost to your title rivals. You know, don't cut the bullshit. He's always masqueraded as a man that's good for football. Remember when Jose was called the enemy of football? Pep was seen as the mm. shining light, and I feel that his mask slipped. Big time at Anfield this weekend uh, with his shouting of twice at the fourth official and to the sky. Also then basically going onto the field at full time and going, thank you, good job to the, the, to the officials. Very sarcastic. And, and, and look who his opposite rival is at the moment. It's like the ultimate baby face yeah. in terms of Klopp. Oh yeah, and that's the problem. That's the problem because Klopp is what Pep was. Pep Klopp is basically the, the cult of personality that Pep was for people. And now we've got this shiny new Klopp. We quite like this character. No, 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 no. We spoke about this last week. <clears throat> right. As much as Guardiola has looked a bit salty this week and look a bit, uh, everything's not quite as perfect as it should be in the garden of Pep. 
we spoke about this literally last week. When Klopp's mask slips, there is an ugly character underneath oh, there. Oh, there right? is, I don't, absolutely. I don't, I don't, At the moment, though, we're the, seeing Pep slip a lot more. Of course we are, but the fact of the matter is to be a winner in this profession, which is an incredibly high-pressure profession, you have to be a complete and utter ruthless motherfucker. And you have to... You have to do things that aren't... I appreciate you know, that. And I appreciate he has, to put, he has to put up a front and he has to use like a, a defence mechanism of some sort to protect his players and, you know, ultimately losing to their tight rivals. But that's my point. They've just lost. And they, they, they were comfortably beaten in the end, really. 3-1, you know, City were OK, but they, they had chances. But at the same time, Liverpool were just Liverpool and, they you know, they ultimately lost. And then now, what is it, nine points behind? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I. That's why I think he's my he's my chump. Fair enough. He, he well, lost the mind games as well. Yeah, that that's that was my point from the beginning. Like you know, we mentioned it last week. He started the mind games, and ultimately he's come out the loser, the chump. It seems yeah. like that yeah. Klopp's subtlety to kind of go, I'm not going to talk about uh, deliberate fouls, um, was on the money in, in terms of a response. Um, I mean, even Jose was referencing it in the studio, wasn't he, about the fact that the diving is ho-hum, but the, the deliberate fouls is there for everyone to see. And I think that, I, I, I think that generally gets the pep. I think he generally, because like I said, he likes to be seen as this, this shining beacon of beautiful football when basically it's beautiful football apart from the shithouse tactics that he plays. Hey, Barcelona were one of my scumbag teams yeah, of all time. absolutely, mate. I, you know, I'm, I'm fully aware of that. Uh, give me a chunk, man. Um, yeah, Pep, Pep was certainly on my list, that's for sure. Um, God, Unai Emery again, isn't it? <laughs> and, and Arsenal's just calamitous. Did you see that? Did you get round to seeing the goal they conceded in Europe this week? Yeah, I watched the game, mate. I, I, I mate, they were poor. Oh, it hurts my head how bad that was. Ninety-four minutes, the game is over. And they managed to concede a goal like that. There was, what, six or seven yellow shirts in the box. I haven't, and a goal I haven't seen it yet. Oh, my God. I can't... I, I can't. It's just so amateur that a top-level team would never concede a goal like that. It's as simple as that. It just wouldn't happen. And all of the players just stood there and watched this guy basically score an overhead kick. It's just so shambolic. And they went into the game this weekend um, against Leicester. And, you know, this is Arsenal Football Club still. And I know Leicester are in good form, but they were defeated before they went on the pitch. Oh, I could feel it. You could feel it yeah. before. You, I, the, the players, the tactics, you know, Bellerin starting such a big game after coming after being out for so long. He was poor. Yeah. He was exposed. He was. And that's because, uh, again, the midfield, non-existent because... Emery, I don't know what he says to his midfielders before kick-off. You know, what What the hell tactically does he say to them? Uh, just... I. I feel in a way for Arsenal fans, but at the same time, I really enjoy Arsenal fan TV. So I kind of am quite happy about this. Um, the good news that came out, there was rumours circling, I think, Saturday night that, oh, someone's going to get sacked tonight. And Arsenal came out the next day and said, no, 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 <laughs> we ride and we die with this man until the end of the season. And the rest of the Premier League, all 19 fan clubs just went Fucking excellent. Robbie basically started to put that order in for his new G6 plane. He's kind of like, he's all on board for this private jets. This is what he's talking about now. Arsenal fan TV for the rest of the season is going to be on money, mate. It's going to be so good because it's just not going to get better. It's just going to get worse because it's snowballing now. It's snowballing because much like it did under Wenger, it's snowballing because the fans are off this team. 
it, it's poisonous again. It's taken. It's only it's taken. It's the moccasins on this slippery slope, isn't it, mate? It's, a, it's amazing. Like, the, this is going to sound really harsh because I know I've got mates that are Arsenal fans that listen to this, but are they the worst fucking fan, like, fans in the league? Because it seems that they forced out their legend. They got rid of him. They made the whole atmosphere poisonous. So get rid of this guy. Get him out of here booing, flying fucking planes and everything. It's like, wonderful, got rid of him. In comes Emre. It's like, yes, we got Emre. Here we go, boys. We got Emre. We're going to basically go to the moon. Here we go. We've got our Arsenal back. And basically within 12 months, it's like, get fucking Emre out of here. Turning it poisonous again. The planes are going to, the planes are coming, mate. I guarantee we are a week away from DT coming again. I've got the banners ready. The banners are coming. The banners are coming. It's because they all make money off this. They all make money off this. They all make money when basically Arsenal are shit. And I reckon maybe that they're cleverer than what we give them. Then oh, I, I truly believe that they basically go to games going, "We better fucking lose today. <laughs> Need some new shoes." May controversy Christmas around cash, the corner. Right? That's always the way. No one wants to hear about things that are going well. Um, my chump this week is VAR for now and forever. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so we have one more segment on the show. Wow. One more. One more segment where we have an update on the predictions. <gasps> so, International week, so no predictions this week for myself. This is it. So there's no predictions because I ain't predicting no international games because who really gives a flying fuck. Um, I've tidied up the, the scores so far after 12 game weeks, is it? That's right. Um, obviously, there is an asterisk next to Lee's name as he missed... Is it four or five games? Five games. Five games. Plus Jackson's ten games. Ah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jack, go you got Jacksonified, didn't you, on that one? I don't know. <laughs> I, Jackson. I, I don't really understand why he shithoused you so much, to be honest. The Norwich win was where I realised it was all going <laughs> off the rails here. Man United to win as well, wasn't it? Um, so, <laughs> do, should, do you want the current the current scores so far? Well, I'm obviously I'm struggling, ain't I? So right. let's 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 hear it. My In, drawers are not coming off. Right. This is the thing. I, so I will share a few things with you, right, before I tell you the scores. Um, Jackson gives Lee a lot of shit for his draws. The amount of draws this boy has gotten right. As I was tallying them up, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you literally kidding me? And the amount of times where I get one right and Woods has also got it right. <laughs> like, so I will say, so, the, uh, so Lee is in third place with 59 oh, points. No, all, is, to is, all to make up. That is 59 correct predictions. That's good. Does that work out? 50 of which are draws. I've got, I've got to work out because we're 12 weeks in. It's, it's easy maths, isn't it? It's 120. What am I doing? There you go. <laughs> Don't need a calculator for that. <laughs> I'm confused what we were trying to work out. Number of games. games so far. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm in second place with 61 points. Oh, you're not that far behind Leeski. Bear in mind, Lee missed five games. So they're automatic L's for him. And, and Jackson's 10. Yeah, well, you know, you had you had two people choosing for you, Jamie and Jackson, um, and then in first place with sixty-five points. That's tight still. It's Mr. Woods. Now, Ooh, it's close. That's unlucky. So it, it's close. Now, I will say the um, the surprising, not the surprising thing for me is when I was running through them, the the consistency shown by Woods. Is alarming. Tottenham lost. Tottenham lost. Tottenham. You lost. Know I mean? No, no. But there, there, there are so many times where me and you have both gone for something completely different to what Wood has done, and he snuck in a result, and it's like fuck, and it's like the sixth game in a row where he just gets points and we don't. He always 
Like he, he's the he's the he's the differential man. I'm getting points at the same time that both you guys are getting points. He's getting points and we're not, we're not scoring. That's the key. You've got to play the game. <laughs> You've got to play that game. You've got to play that game. But yeah, that's the, that's the table so far. Lee, then me, then Woods. We'll give you an update probably around Christmas, I would say. That's like yeah. six weeks away. Week 24. Game week 24. Game week 24. We'll aim for them. We'll do it in thirds as we're third of the way through the season. Yeah. Um, obviously, next week's show will be an international special. What? He's, uh, he's questioning my maths there because he's like, it's not, it's not a third of the way through. It is. 12 to 13 is pretty much a third of the way through. Yeah, I'll give it. It's fine. Because 13 would be yeah, 13. No, no, I'll get you. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Next week is an international show. And on the international shows, usually we do something a bit fun, a bit kooky, some kind of game, a, a quiz of some kind, some kind of thing which is a bit interactive where we basically spend an hour talking absolute rubbish, much to the amusement of all of our fans. That's right. We've got something in the pot, haven't we? We're brewing something. They're definitely our best up, shows, by the way. They are definitely like these, the best these shows. These shows that you're listening to right now, which we're about an hour and 20 minutes into, this is terrible in comparison to what it will be next week's. Next week's will be fucking wicked. So if you've loved today, oh, you wait Are, are you going week. to tell them what we're doing next week? No, because I have no idea what we're doing. Well, next week Great we're doing, we're doing the greatest England 11. Of course we are. Yeah. England's uh, greatest 11. Because so yeah, it's our You know what? This was my idea as well, wasn't it? It was. There's also like the thousandth thousand England, England game this week. This week. Yeah. Um, and also because it is the, in, it's the last international window of 2019, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, also means it's the end of a decade, which I am suggesting that we do some level of award show next week for uh, award of the decades. So, um, you know, we'll have all the, the usual stuff such as player, uh, team, maybe some individual stuff such as our favourite moment, which for me is going to be very obvious. Um, and for Lee, a little bit less obvious, I guess. And for Mikey, I, I think I could probably guess, probably guess. Uh, but stuff like that, I think that'd be fun. So we'll get, we'll get those all put together. I love it. I love it. The only thing we have to figure out for this, certainly for the England team is, it's the greatest ever England team, but it is the only England players that you've seen. Yeah. Maybe we can do two teams. I mean, it's, 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 it's a fair... It's more work for us, I it's mean. More work it's, for a us. Fair, it's a fair I point because, like, oh, because I mean, there's already three off the top of my head from the 66 team that are walking into this team, right? Well, yeah. But we won't spoil that because that's next week's pod. Exactly. So, in the meantime, go and catch up on all of our other shows in the archives. We're up to episode, what, 50? Odd. 50-odd still. Um, we'll be hitting 60 soon. Um, we have a large fan base from all around the world. We appreciate you listening to us. Um, yeah, you can find us on Twitter. Interact with Senor Woods over there. He uh, basically sits there and uh, just baits Man United fans all day. And, his, uh, and, and having less joy there with the Ajax fans. I yeah, they're, they're <laughs> upset about me basically pointing out that he didn't actually score the goal. <laughs> I, I don't know if you realised last week but I was going through IX players and just basically post because their responses to losing last week was for, oh, not losing drawing last week was comical they were so bitter about it I was literally posting gifts of salty to all of their players <laughs> I saw the Daily Blimp one and I love that man so I was kind of like hmm I'm not going to play in, in this. In this <laughs> I just walked away from Twitter. But uh, yeah, you can follow him on Twitter. He's, a, he's, a, he's an amusing man. Uh, we are obviously on uh, Facebook as well, weirdly, for some reason. Maybe we should get an Instagram account, you know, be down with the kids. Yeah. Yeah, we should well, probably Snapchat. try that. Maybe, maybe we get wood Snapchatting, like, you know, about <laughs> no, no, isn't it TikTok? TikTok's a thing. TikTok's, TikTok's, a, good TikTok's thing, yeah. a thing now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it I think Chelsea have even got a TikTok account now. Like, what the fuck? Wow. Fuck um, but yeah, find us on Spotify, iTunes, all of those things. At Pod of Two Halves, obviously, because that's our name. 
Yeah, don't want to be coming across something else. But yeah, that's the show. Thank you for listening. A goodbye. See you later. Arrivederci. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.